0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: I loved my hep cats, hep kittens, zeal girls and all my fun people here. This is Madame Perry, your groove mistress, cruise director and spiritual advisor. But you can call me Jen, Jennifer, JP. The point is I am happy to be here with you again tonight. I want to thank everybody for all the nice messages you send me, um, and the the nice reviews you leave on Heck, everywhere on um, Apple iTunes, on Stitcher, on Facebook, and other media on Instagram. Thank you so very much uh, because you follow. And by the way, if you're listening tonight, this is April 20, yeah, 420 at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, GMT minus 4. If you're listening tonight and you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, you can see the screen in front of you. There should be an azalea pink box, azalea because I'm in the South and azaleas are fuchsia. Azalea pink fuchsia box, and inside says follow. If you haven't followed here, please do. Um, but every time you follow, that helps me to continue to get more great guests like I've had and like I've got coming up, and tonight for you because they know you're there listening. And I really appreciate it, too. Um, Let's see. Got some things to catch up on before our guest gets here and exceptional show tonight. I think you already know that. But uh, recently, my guest was Kyle Mayberry of True Athletics. And people have been asking me questions about Kyle Mayberry and how to get involved with True Athletics. And, yes, I know we're all in a tough time right now, Uh, because we can't get out and do normal things. We don't know what's happening when. I spoke to a group at a college uh, recently, Clark Atlanta University. I spoke to a group of graduating seniors in public relations, and it's different for them because they're asking me questions about uh, how I do publicity for clients, but also about how they do it now when they can't get out and hold live events in different places. You know, now what do they do? Things are different, but hey, we still, you know, we're Americans. We're still going to keep our heads up and keep planning for the future and keep supporting each other. So, therefore, yes, true athletics matters. So what I want you to do, and for everybody that's been asking me, and I've been sharing this information on social media, and I will continue to do so, but true athletics, to go to the website, it's T-R-U-A-T-H-L-E. T-I-X.com. True Athletics was created to provide a simple and effective way for student athletes to find the right university or college. They help match student athletes with an institution based on their abilities. They have a great team of professional advisors made up of retired and current professional athletes that so you can see their pictures and learn about them with the uh, get their bios on the website. Um, they wanted True Athletics. To be an easy way for students to gain access to college coaches around the globe in a very simple way. So instead of you trying to get a coach to recognize you in a wide range of sports, they created a system so that it's easier for the coach to recognize you and be able to truly identify the student athlete and view their talents. And so you just go on in there to the website. It's very easy to navigate and. if you go to the page, how it works, how it's so simple, select a package, fill out the player bio, upload your video, select your payment option. Yeah, and it's not, it's not expensive like, like I thought it would be. Um, it's very doable. And then once you do that, you're all done. They get in touch with you. And so that way you choose it. I like this. You choose it yourself without somebody feeling like somebody's going to try to pressure you into something that you can't f- afford. So, you find what's comfy for you, and then they take care of you from there on. And you know what? This month, April, and we got what? <laughs> 10 more days of April? Right now at uh, checkout, when you go to checkout, use the term strong or use the code STRONG, S T R O N G, 2020 at checkout to get 50% off your package this month. Wow. And tell me they listen when they're driving. If you can't write it down, Again, I will share it on all of my social media, and uh, you can also go to the website. And it's got there's a red banner across the top, and in white letters it tells you use Strong Twenty Twenty at checkout to get fifty percent off your package in April. You can't do better than that. Now, uh, tonight's guest um, is going to be coming in very soon. I'm going to tell you about her now. Uh, she is the author of the critically acclaimed. Book Vincent Price: A Daughter's Biography. Yes, her dad is that Vincent Price, and her mother Mary was a costume designer in Hollywood. Uh, She also wrote the inspirational memoir *The Way of Being Lost: A Road Trip to My Truest Self*. And tonight, uh, she's going to talk to us about her newest book, and it's called *Living Love*. And it's about practices for a heart-centered life. Uh, Actually, the full title is Living Love, 12 Heart-Centered Practices to Transform Your Life. It shows how you can be the person you have longed to become, someone who overflows with immense joy, experiences deep connection, expresses. Doesn't that interest all of us? So while I wait for Victoria to pull up in the chat, in the parking lot or the landing pad outside the genie bottle here, I'm going to play some music by another guest of ours that's been on. Well, I guess it's been a little bit of a while since this guest was on. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and play it now. Um, I'm going to play, oh, let's see. You know what? i got to tell you something. There is so much good music that you've all sent to me to play, and I love it all. But somebody just texted me and said, asked me would I play the song that I play at the end of the show, which is, um, I only play the first bit of it because it's going out, but it is my song. So, okay, you asked for it. This is Everybody's Got to Swing by the Jennifer Perry combo.
0: Good bye, Lula. Good bye, Lula.
1: Your, there's your swing for the night. Everybody's got to swing at something that is a belief that I hold dearly. Hey, this is uh, your host again, Madam Perry, as you know, or Jennifer or JP or Jen. Hey, listen, thank you so much, as I said before, for all the um, the nice reviews you've been leaving. I really appreciate that. By the way, some people have asked me about some of the... Uh, other guests we've had on that have specials or discounts or goodies or giveaways. So I'm going to tell you what's coming up soon. Um, This coming, let's see, Thursday night, James Musgrave is going to be on. And, you know, he has a lot of books, um, several genres, but he has these, he writes a lot of books. They are e-books where they also have music or pictures or videos. It's a multimedia thing. And he's having a contest where you can enter to be a character or to have a speaking part in one of his books. And so uh, if you want to call in, or Thursday night, and he will certainly, well, he'll hear your voice, and I think he'll know exactly where he wants you to be. Also, let's see, uh, somebody asked me about some of the other discounts we had. Um, uh, Bella Daisy or Daisy Bella, uh, go to Daisy d-a-i-s-y bella b-e-l-l-a dot com and if you shop there just enter thank you 20 and you'll get a 20% discount also franny goldie uh, f-r-a-n-n-e g-o-l-d-e go to her website and yes franny goldie the singer I mean the singer and hit songwriter uh, go to her website and once you make a purchase get ready to shop uh, buy something just uh, when you check out Enter MPS, which are the initials for Madam Perry Salon, MPS, and uh, Franny will give you a nice discount. Also, I think Denny Tedesco with the uh, video, uh, the Wrecking Crew. And, again, True Athletics, 50% off the package with Strong 2020. And he was on, McCall Mayberry, owner of True Athletics, was on last week. So definitely check that out, too. But, again, if you can't write it down, I will share it on my social media everywhere to make sure you get it, or you can always message me and ask for it. Now, I've already described tonight's guest for you, and I am so excited to meet this lady. I'm just uh, amazed. And many of you have said, what? She's really coming? Yeah, she is. She's just right here. She's just stepped into the genie bottle. And I am delighted to welcome to Madame Perry's salon, Victoria Price. Victoria Hi there. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, I'm doing great. Thank you so very much um, being here and for for swinging it here into the genie bottle with us tonight. I am just thrilled to talk with you. I am just amazed uh, by your stories, your books, the things that you're sharing with us. Um, Just thrilled to have you here. I don't know where you want to start, because I've got so many things to talk to you about, but if you'd like, why don't we start, would you rather start with your first book or with your newest book? You just uh, go for it. All right, all right. Uh, So apparently, since you you answered my question, that means you, you understand my accent, right? Yes, I do. You just start wherever you like, and okay. I'll answer any questions. Have you, have you been to Atlanta before?
2: I have. I've been to Atlanta quite a few times. I love okay. Atlanta. Good. I have some good, good friends
1: who live there. Oh. oh, good. Wonderful. All right. Your newest book, uh, Living Love, 12 Heart-Centered Practices to Transform Your Life. Um, I was. I've been talking to people about this, and I was describing it earlier. Uh, it seems like you know you can say this any time, but I think especially now it seems like your book is just right on time for us. Um, according to everything I've read, you it shows how we can be who, who we want to be. Uh, yeah,
2: and and also just really recognize how we got you know into some of the mindsets that we've gotten into the mindsets that I think really have led us to where we are in the world right now, you know, where uh, nobody encouraged us from the time we were little kids to listen to our hearts, you know, it was all about learning how to know more and solve problems to the point where, you know, we end up kind of disconnected from our hearts. And so the book is really about, Stopping looking at life as a series of problems, and it's about recognizing how many of our decisions we make very unconsciously from a place of fear. And then instead of trying to fix that, actually doing the opposite, going back to who we were as kids and practicing some of the things that allow us to live as if we're the people that we know we really are inside. Underneath all that problem-solving, fear-based, stressed-out mentality that we've come to believe is us.
1: So then, the term heart-centered, a heart-centered, heart-centered practice. Then, what does that mean specifically?
2: Well, really, what it means is anything at all that um, kind of gets you out of your head. So, for me, my core heart-centered practice. The one I do every single day the one that saves my bacon every day is a daily practice of joy uh, that's always pretty much always walking for me. It begins with walking, but from walking it goes to looking at flowers, petting dogs, jumping in puddles. Uh, I just made a little video this morning of some of the heart center practices that I did today and you know it included getting my feet wet in the stream and uh, and you know watching some water flow down uh, a little creek and uh smelling flowers photographing flowers i love to photograph flowers it's really anything at all that gets us, like I said, out of our heads and into our hearts. That's my daily practice of joy. And what happens, it doesn't seem like that would be a big deal. Like, okay, well, that's nice. What, what on earth does that have to do with the price of tea in China? But, But what really happens when we do that, and it's really kind of amazing, is that we actually really do stop focusing on all the things that we think we're supposed to solve, all the problems, all the, you know, the issues in our minds and our heads and we actually completely w- are present in ways that we don't really know how to be in our actual daily lives. And when we're present in that way, all of a sudden, all those problems stop seeming so huge and so real. And that's when we begin to, it's, it's sort of acting as if, it's living as if. You all of a sudden begin to recognize that this is really who you are, and this is really who you've always wanted
1: to be, and going back to the other doesn't seem as appealing. <laughs> yeah, the things you described before, um, you said everything, taking the walk, jumping in a puddle, uh, petting a dog, taking uh, smelling a flower um, – taking photographs of it as i'm listening to you say that victoria it sounds like things that to me um energate uh excuse me energize and activate the senses you know you take take taking the fragrance of a flower and that's not only immediately satisfying but it can also you know bring back some special memories. Even if you're not really conscious of them, it brings back some good feelings that you have from other times you've seen or smelled flowers. Uh, petting a dog, always good. Uh, taking a photo of a picture uh, or just walking. All these things, to me, just kind of activate the, um, for me, it just looks
2: to you describe the, the thing. They there. activate the heart. And, and what that then does is it actually reconnects us to the thing that we have forgotten is our source. And then what happens is we are connected with love, with the big L, with the capital L. And when that happens, um, all of a sudden, fear doesn't have such a hold on us. And I don't think most of us realize, I mean, we're a little more aware of it now during this period of time, but I don't think most of us really realize how, uh, how much time we spend Focused on fear
1: instead of on love.
0: hmm
1: It's true, and uh, and and also when you described, I've, I had a, uh, a former client. I'm an entertainment publicist, and I had a client recently, and that's one thing she does every day, just to bring herself up from from depression and from some physical um, problems she has to walk, and she she makes photographs of flowers and trees and posts them and it it it's so it's
0: just so vibrant,
1: I can you know I can feel it when I see it when you describe it too, I can activate it, and yes, um fear there's always fear I mean we always have things we're afraid of, not a, maybe oftentimes it's not enough, so thinks they we don't have enough love, enough food, enough money, enough whatever um, but now, more than ever, there are all kinds of fear when can heart-centered practice, it seems to me, all of these things that you described as we're just talking about them, anything that, that just gives, that lends energy and, uh, as, as trite as this might sound, good vibrations, because I think that really affects us more than we are aware. Do you? How do you think these things can help us right now when it seems like we're in a global crisis, people are unsure about a lot of things, there's a lot of... Where are we, what's happening, and what's going to happen?
2: Well, it's counterintuitive because when we're afraid, we think that the answer to our fear is to deal with the fear. And what we don't really recognize is that when we develop the ability to shift into love by practicing love, by living love, by inviting love, by invoking love, then that becomes more habitual than the fear. And so then in the dark nights of our soul, when it's scary out there and, and we don't know what to do. We don't get fooled as quickly into thinking that the answer is going to come from having some sort of theoretically rational conversation with fear, because it ain't going to be rational with fear. Fear's job, and let mm-hmm. must be real, fear is not real, but it wants us to believe that it is. It wants us to believe that it is a legitimate thing that should occupy our attention and our conversations and our mind, but fear's job description is to get us to buy into its program fear is a parasite fear is a barnacle and it comes to us for life it's we're the host body we're the host mind it needs us or it can't exist and so if we fall into the habit of inviting fear in not you know learning how to be better porters at, for our, uh, you know, the apartment buildings of our minds, then, you know, fears, before we know it, not just in the entry, but it's halfway up the elevator, or frankly, it's already up in the penthouse having a nice cocktail, you know, at your (laughs) bar. And so what these practices do, and, and they're not all things like, you know, jumping in puddles. Some of it is invoking gratitude, some of it is learning how to witness your thoughts without judging them, which is looking at how you think, but not from a place of judgment or criticism, witnessing how you react to how others think or feel, but again, without judgment and bringing in love to, to shift us out of fear. The more we develop these heart-based patterns, the more quickly we rebound. You know, many years ago I had a very clear understanding that fear was a habit and I was on this sort of retreat. It wasn't really a retreat, but I took it as a retreat, where there were six days of, or seven days on a small boat with no access to any kind of outside world, anything. And, uh, I, you know, there's no way to check your phone. And, and I just was fully present. And I was really you know, sort of engaged in that as as a full-on heart-centered practice of being present and just really loving right where I was. Well, when the boat pulled into the little harbor where we were going to, you know, get to, um, all of a sudden, I just got slammed with all the fears that I hadn't, you know, let in for a while. And all of a sudden, it was like, boom, 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 boom. And then I got this little voice that said, fear is a habit and all habits can be broken. And from then on, that's really, that was the beginning of understanding it was a habit that I didn't have to buy into. And then next, understanding that if fear is a habit, then we have to develop love-based habits, heart-centered habits, so that love, leaning into love, listening to love, living in love, living as love, becomes the habit, not fear. And so again, as I said right now, I think everybody's really aware of uh, of fear in their lives, but it's actually more alarming when we're not, and we don't realize how many decisions we make that are so fear-based.
1: Seriously. Um, By the way, I want to stop and say, if you're listening to us live tonight and you want to talk to Victoria Price, or have a comment or question for her about any of her books or anything we're discussing, you can give us a call 646-716-9922, 646-716-9922. Or for people um, who can't make a phone call right now, you can always send me your questions or comments via messenger on facebook either to jennifer madet perry or to madam perry salon and i'll be happy to share it with victoria price so yeah this all makes a lot of sense and then especially i don't know i'm not trying to get too metaphysical on this or whatever but when you describe the situation like going out on the boat and coming back that definitely resonates with me because I know that sometimes you can walk into a place where you've had a lot of feelings of fear or different things have gone on that have been negative And it's like you walk in and those things are waiting there just to kind of bat you around like one of those whack-a-mole games where you were yep. away from them. So, so I guess that's where you have to sort of take charge on your own and go, no, 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 no. It, I, didn't, and, I didn't come well, and, back and to deal with the thing is you. you
2: have to take charge. But you also have to recognize that if you meet fear on fierce terms, which is problem solving, then you're meeting fear on fear's terms. That's just not going to get you anywhere. That's why these heart-centered practices are so, so important, because what they do is they align you with love.
1: So tell us about heart-centered practices. Uh, I mean, you know, you gave us some examples earlier, but some other things that people can do and what they'll learn um, from living loved, because I know that this is a very timely topic, and I think we've all as, as you seem to realize and, and are definitely helping us with um, it's like we've been disconnected from, from our hearts, which I guess would be our, our true self mm-hmm. so what are some steps do we find I'm sure that some things could be the same for us, and some things would be different. What do you do and in, in, What should we do?
2: Well, I I walk people through 12 practices in the book. They include writing exercises. They include practices like joy. Um, One of the things I really recommend is um, breathing. It's a very simple breathing exercise, and it's one of my go-to practices. If you're woken up in the middle of the night, if you're you know, uh, get some news that stresses you out. If um, you know, I understand you guys have been having some pretty intense storms down in Atlanta, you know, uh and, and they've been coming toward the middle of the night, you know. When those things happen they tend to sort of take our breath away and it's like a kick in the gut when fear comes up. And so one of the things I've really learned is to Um, breathe into love And, and literally I picture the word love with the capital L, the big L and all that it stands for for me I literally picture it as I'm breathing it in, so as I'm breathing in love, I'm picturing everything that that means and feels like and I breathe it deep into my being and I feel it just come all the way into me and then depending on what the circumstance is for me, I do one of two things, I either let it come in and sort of encircle the fear in love, like, I don't know, like an M&M candy coating, and then just pull out the fear, like it's pulling the toxic out, and then out, poof, and the fear is gone and out. Or sometimes if I feel like I'm in a situation where something comes up that's stressful, but everybody in the room seems just as stressed as I am, I breathe in the love, same thing, And I breathe the love back out into the world. Now, the key is here that we are always going to be distracted. You know, I mean, human beings have to practice prayer and meditation, silent meditation, silent prayer, because, frankly, we'd all much rather do the talking. And even if we're quiet people or we're not talking, we still have active, busy minds that take us all different directions. And so... The thing that's really critical about this is really to picture and hold that word and breathe it in and breathe it out. And then know that inevitably, no matter what, you're going to get distracted. If you're in a moment of fear as you're breathing in and breathing out and you're feeling it really good, something's going to come. But what if? Or, oh, is that the, oh, my God, is the wind getting louder? Or what if this happens? Or I just heard that. Recognize that those thoughts are going to happen. And then literally picture them like they're, you know, you're sitting by a river and the thoughts are coming down and they're log jams or they're little thoughts, whatever. And choose to not interact with them. Let them float by, by focusing back on that word and that whole presence of love. So don't think about, oh, they're going down the river. Just literally use that whole word and concept of love to have it come back the center so that love centers you in the center of your being. Conversely, if literally you get, you know, the answer to, you know, the cure for world hunger or the meaning of God comes to you, same thing. Don't get focused away because the practice here is about tuning in to Love And having love become your source, your resource, your habit, your sense of self and being. And that is what this whole practice is about. And that's what the whole book is about. It's literally about removing the blocks to love, clearing out the gunk that, you know, makes you feel like you aren't your true self or you're disconnected from love.
0: Mm -hmm. And then
2: doing these simple things that make you realize that you never have been disconnected from love, no matter how disconnected you may have felt.
1: Ooh. That all makes perfect sense. <laughs> you thing, well, wh- why don't I think of that? But then again, like you know, we get so caught up in, in, in fear and then the problem solving part of fear that that which should be right there in front of us or in our heart is just uh, don't see it. Um, if you're listening live I'm talking to author, inspirational speaker, blogger, consultant, coach Victoria Price um, and Victoria in the book it, or it, Living Love 12 Heart-Centered Practices to Transform Your Life there was a section on finding love and it was one paragraph and I think I just read this over and over and over um, or the whole page actually but uh, it's about finding love would you mind if I read it no no thank you Okay, all right. I'm just going to read a part of it, and then you can just take us from there. How it, where it happens next, I'm finding love. Uh, it says, I spent a lot of my life looking for love. All the while, loving not too wisely or too well. In fact, for a long time, I felt that loving was what I had done the worst, though not for lack of trying. Yet, paradoxically. Even as I failed again and again at my human agenda of loving and being loved, believed in the power of love, and of course it's always capital this is capital l uh, I learned in Sunday school that God is love, and love is all. I was taught that love always casts out fear that love can heal anything, and I saw it happen. I witnessed it in my own life and in the lives of others. I felt that love I lived in that love as a little girl. It is just that as I grew up, the translation of that love into my own life felt flawed, yet I never stopped believing the field of love existed. It just seemed like I had been condemned to spend my life trying and failing to find my way there. And then I hit a bottom, a place about as low as I could go. And I think from there, you can describe to us, I can describe what what happened or? Oh, you hit the bo- yeah, or bottom or you don't have to go into every detail. Um, I want people to buy the book to read about it um, because you had said before, um, and I think that was in, in the uh, introduction on the information I had, was that you said you hit bottom and you lost everything. You said, lost everything. I did. Once. And then, you know, home. I really yeah. realized
2: that I, you know, needed to change my life. And it became clear to me that uh, my conduit to that just unshakable sense of love was joy. Joy was the thing that kind of bypasses my, <clears throat> my head and uh, gets me into my heart. So I I knew, I knew that that, that was the case. Um, and I knew that kind of creating more joy in my life was what I needed to do. And then I talked about it and talked about it and talked about it and still never made it happen. And eventually what happened was that I began this practice of joy. And when I began the practice of joy, that's when everything shifted because instead of talking about having more joy, I, I was for 20 minutes a day joyful and what a concept. And, you know, that. Let's face it, you know, nothing, there's just absolutely no way that anything that fear can offer up will ever feel as good as love feels, ever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so the bottom line is when you begin to practice love, you begin to experience it and feel it, and then you want more of it. Oh, Yeah.
1: And, and yes and why not and and why shouldn't we um and you're letting us know that we we've got some uh we've got some pull in this we have something we have a not just an interest and not just a want but we can get in there and practice um heart-centered practices to to bring this into our lives and and the joy i want to ask you too you've got two other books uh um, that we will discuss and one of them
0: <laughs>
1: the title I just uh I like it says The Way of Being Lost A Road Trip to My Truest Self. That's an inspirational memoir. Now uh, that one you was published in twenty eighteen, is that right? Mhm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh tell us about the way a way of being lost. Well, Those it's really sort of a know. similar thing. It's,
2: um, you know, I would say these books are kind of a one-two punch. Um, really, they're they're both books about my journey, and uh, and one is really more from the point of view of telling my story, and the other is really actually a, a series of practices um, that that are many of the practices that. I discovered on this way of being lost. I've been intentionally home free. Uh, my friends used to get mad at me for saying homeless; they thought it sounded bad. <laughs> um, but 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 I purposely chose and have chosen to not have a home for four years, and um, and so uh, I had to learn a lot of things that people don't necessarily learn um, because I didn't live conventionally. When you live on the road and you don't really know um, what each day is going to hold and you're having all kinds of different experiences mm-hmm. and you're consciously committing to really changing the way you do things, then you're really mm-hmm. opening yourself up to a whole different way of being. And, and what that was for me was getting the heck out of my head and totally getting into my heart
1: i got. all right um as as i said before um if you're listening live and want to talk to victoria price i'm sure she'd like to talk to you number 646-716-9922 and we have a call and um by the way i this is getting to be not as unusual i there was a woman of my uh, a guest of mine two years ago julie slick she's a bass player fantastic bass player. And she says she had so many gigs working with uh Adrian Ballou with her own projects with um you know the band King Crimson, right? Mm-hmm. You remember King Crimson, the pro she plays with the Crimson yeah, yeah. Project. And uh she says she had so many gigs that she there was no point in even keeping an apartment anymore. She just had to let it go. She <laughs> What's the point? All right. So anyway Welcome to Madam Perry's lawn. Come Uh, excuse, Madam Perry's salon come on in here in the genie bottle and uh introduce yourself and talk to Victoria Price.
3: Good evening, uh Madam Perry. It's Mad- uh, Marilyn Opitz. <laughs> Marilyn Opitz, our favorite writer, makeup artist. <laughs> Hi, Hi, Marilyn. Welcome. I I'm I'm turning into a regular here in the uh, in the genie bottle. <laughs>
1: That is perfectly yeah, well, fine uh, with me. Um...
3: <laughs> hello, Victoria Price. Hello, Oh, hi. How are you? Too. Hi. Hi. You're saying all the things we need to hear. In fact, I'm wearing a baseball hat with the word love on it in, in rhinestones right now. With <laughs> nice. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's 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 that practice of joy. I actually, what, what you're describing, I experienced myself of hitting a really low point, and I started to pull myself out. I would, in the mornings, I would listen to, and I know this sounds crazy, I would listen to comedy and jokes and, and find the most funny, the most wackiest things. And and see you know or read jokes or just watch videos of jokes for half hour, twenty minutes to half hour in the morning, and it really helped pull me out of of just sitting there going, why I don't want to get out of bed, I don't want to face another day, I can't deal with this, you know, and just practicing that joy and and then having the laughter, and and, exactly. and, and, and you know I would tell people no, that's that. a she huge game, game changer. Yeah, it was, it seemed so simple, but it it, it just made such a difference. And, and then I would, you know, people, because people have always said that I brought joy to them in what I do. But the thing is, mm-hmm. there are times where we're down when we're, if you're a public person, and there are times where we're down, but we have to put on the, we still have to perform and act like we're, because we have to lift the others up. But what do we do when we're down, you know? So I found that that really helps me and it still helps me even when I'm not going through a, a tough of a time I still make that make that time for that you know and the same thing with meditation too it's a combination of joy and the meditation um I think is is key absolutely and, and 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 really loving and thinking of other people, but it took some sometimes it takes what what you're talking about of being really stripped down um from our our day to day worries and the day to day uh you know the, you know things that you can get caught up in um to kind of uh, peel away the layers you know to to really see you know to appreciate that. Just universal love and 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 it, it kind of takes you. Uh, it, it, at least it took me on a journey.
2: It really did. Definitely. No, I think humor and is really a game changer. I definitely do.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And um and I think that uh it it's been proven to save lives. You know, my sister in law um many many years ago had had. Um, three bouts of cancer and she finally told her mm. her um, surgeon that she was going to kind of create her own healing and her surgeon said to her you know oh, I'm really glad you said that because there's nothing else that I can do for you and one of the wow. big things that she did was bring you know humor like she would just laugh you know she would find this real mm-hmm. sense of joy in everything and um, mm-hmm. and you know, she lived for 40, 50 more years,
3: Um and wow. it really made a big difference. That's incredible. That's really incredible. That's, but, of course, you know, we see it with veterans. We see it when, when I used to, of course, I grew up, I'm the age that I grew up watching the Bob Hope Show when he'd go to visit troops, you know. And I'm sure, of course, they do it with USO and stuff now, but. You know, if you grew up with that image of someone going to visit people in the most intense situation and telling jokes, you know, um, you know those kinds of things, or visiting people in the hospital and telling jokes, and I think that's something right now is a very tough situation. With 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 world coping with is not being able to go visit our loved ones and and kind of cheer them up a little bit if they're if they're dealing with uh, if they're dealing with the coronavirus, you know. So all we can do is well, with a Zoom call or, or, or FaceTime and, and, uh, and right and, and you, you know just,
2: it, you know sometimes what the humor is really all about is breaking fears and mesmerism
0: because when exactly. we're in
2: such a, yeah it's shifting out of that you know focus that fear is what's up and fear is what's real and
3: it's right. shifting us back into that
2: connection with our hearts and with love
3: right right. It's a, it's a, it's the interpersonal. It's the inner thing too. First, you have to have that inner connection with your own hum, with your own uh, positivity in your own heart, and then to, but you have to have that first in within yourself to be able to give it to others. You know exactly. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you
3: yeah,
0: um, It's just wonderful okay, to hear.
3: Let me say to hear your... Go ahead, Marilyn. Oh, okay. I was going to say it's just wonderful to hear someone talk about this because so much I've heard in the last month and a half is just people talking about fear and anxiety, and and not sleeping, and uh, and and um, and and so this is just wonderful. You know, just wanted to say that. Well, you know, one of the the
2: things that people don't realize there's a, a sociologist named Barry Glasner and he's written a book um, called The Culture of Fear, and it's about the fear mongering. Media, and he talks about um, the three uh, sort of fear mongering um, narratives that, um, that we're really, really unaware of in terms uh-huh. of uh, how, how it affects our lives. So, one of them is um, that there's the depiction of isolated incidents as the norm. So, it's sort of normalizing things that are actually not as. Big as they are. And, and that's what Whoa, sort of gets yeah. us focused on, you know, uh-huh. being afraid of certain sectors of a population, you know, because there's, um, you know, there's an isolated incident that is made into sort of this big deal. The second is repetition. So, in other words, keep talking about something over and over and over and over again until it, you know, you come to believe that it's more prevalent than anything else. And and the last one is misdirection, the classic um, magician's ploy, where you know we willingly go into a magic show and we know that we're going to be deluded, but we, because we've chosen to be deluded, we sort of delighted that we're deluded, and so, so yeah. we get our our you know our focus goes someplace else. So one of the things that we're not really recognizing is that this is so habitual uh you know for example pharmaceutical advertising has gone up by some some ridiculous amount like 200% in the last 20 years i mean or oh, 400% yeah. it's just crazy and the, that sort of litany of things at the end of it, which says that, you know, here's this thing you can take to cure your hangnail, but, you know, your hangnail will definitely be cured, but you may grow three heads and develop purple right. spots. And, and, you and know, and, mm-hmm. yeah. right. Well, but here's the thing that they discovered by law, they have to say that, but they've now made it a part of the advertisement on purpose, right? because right. what they discovered was that, If you say that something is scary, people are more likely to believe that they need it. And that is a really, really fascinating thing. So in other words, now, what does that say in two words? Fear sells. So now everybody believes that that fear sells. So, you know, the news is no longer the news the news is the bad news and we have the one little tiny good news section at the end um, Right, and some of or that may be shifting right shows. now and that's really a, a gift so
3: many primetime television shows that prey on fear, they're about fearful things, isolated incidents based creating major storylines every single night um, you know all the, uh, on most network television shows um you know, I mean, I know a lot of people like them, but, you know, I I personally can't watch them, because I feel like, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't watch the Law and Order, so I know some people, oh, I've been binge watching Law and Order all day long, I'm like, well, why would I want to see that? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's all a storyline based on fear. It's not about the average, (laughs) you know, law storyline, it's about this, you know, horrific serial killer that did this and that, and all of them, all of them, all yeah. the majority of those mystery shows, and and the same thing with ID Discovery and all there's and the Dateline. The, there's always a a stalker, a killer, and, and you're right. The fear itself, more than sex now, more than love, more than positivity, more than a good storyline, more than comedy. You're you're definitely well, right the there. the
2: thing is, you know, we we start to believe that you know. Um, Well, we, you know, we're used to it and we can turn it on and off and we don't really recognize that actually that's not the case. Fear becomes the habit Mm -hmm. of our thought. I stay with my best friend and her husband often when I um, uh, am in New Mexico and they have a sort of Sunday night ritual where they watch two shows. And, mm-hmm. um, and I can usually hear sort of the blah, blah, blah of the show behind, but not really much in the way of words, but I can always hear what they're saying. And first of all, the show mm-hmm. sounds alarming. And then what I hear them saying it's like, Oh, Oh, that's not good. Oh no, that's, Oh, he's going to get it. Oh, yeah. you know, so I know <laughs> I'm right, right, right. thinking, I think like, that's fun. <laughs> you know,
0: that's fun for them. And wait, I think, you know, wait. we all
2: start taking this stuff in and that's how fear becomes Right,
0: uh-huh. right. Right. <laughs> so, um,
1: right. Uh I have a message for you here from uh uh Victoria from Vinny uh Vinita Lovani in uh Asheville and she said she's enjoying the show, she looks forward to your books and she asked if I would give the address to your website and it is she, victoriaprice.com it's
0: VictoriaPrice.com. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. And and Vinita I promise you, when you click on that website the first time, you will immediately feel good because there is a gorgeous picture of an—I believe it's an orchid. And so, from the first time you open that website, VictoriaPrice.com, you're going to automatically feel good when you see that picture, and then you can just see what else she's got. She has a blog and do that. But thank, thank you, Vanita. Um, it's actually a you know magnolia. <laughs> Oh magnolia! Like I should know that, right? <laughs> right, you should.
0: I am shamed. <laughs> oh, oh. You're a good am I, Georgia I'm glad my mama didn't hear this. <laughs> exactly.
1: Shame on you. Okay, next time you're in Atlanta or Decatur, I'll, I'll I owe you a brunch or something with your friends. Okay, for it, just to uh, try to redeem okay. myself in some way. Oh, um, a good so
0: southern
1: a girl. I'm, seriously, oh, I am, I am shamed. Uh, you and Marilyn will say this too, I'm sure. Your message is right on time, Victoria. Right on time for us right yep. now. And I'm feeling like you know, you can hear different things. There's all kinds of self help inspirational books, but the way you explain things to us, I was just thinking, it's it's sort of like. I'll never learn how to play some, a song on a piano or guitar if I don't practice it every day, and
0: it's just well that's that just the kind thing, of right? That's me
1: in the head. yeah, and that's what Yes, you, because we crisp, you know, you know
2: we really don't understand that we are practicing fear-based problem-solving. Life is full of issues, and we're here to fix them. Thinking twenty-four-seven. Unless Mm. we practice something else. And it's not our fault from the time we're kids. Our parents are pointing out the problems. Our teachers are pointing out the problems. We see the problems. We're encouraged to be problem solvers. And, you know, we get all the way through school. You know, we've been asked all these questions. You know, we're supposed to know, you know, who fought this war and what happened on this date, things none of us care about. And nobody ever says... (laughs) Okay. And here we're going to take 30 minutes for each of you to practice listening to your own heart. When did that ever happen in school? We get all the way to adulthood and we wonder why we don't have any practice. And so then we get further on in adulthood and we realize like we've completely missed the boat. And so... We have to, every day, you know, love is not some abstraction. Love is not some hallmark card. Love is the only power there is. And we have to get back in the practice of recognizing that and calling
1: on love. Mm -hmm. Yes, amen, sister. (laughs) I I feel (laughs) really Like I've been to a revival meeting. Hey, you know what? Victoria, <laughs> I will be sharing. Um, I'll be sharing the links to your books so people can get them and to your website because this has been so good for me. And then I got another message from Judy saying, "Oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, please share the links, Judy. This is Judy in Texas. Judy, I will. I promise." I think we haven't talked about, although I mentioned it at the beginning, your famous parents. Your father, Vincent Price. Your mother, Mary Grant Price. She was a uh, costume designer, right? Yes, she was.
2: And an architectural designer
1: both. Oh, okay. Well my stepmother was a well known
2: actress as well. So I grew up with three uh three very um uh successful and
1: interesting uh
2: parents for sure.
1: You're one of my favorite um films. And I I I did mention that earlier too, your your book, uh Vincent Price, A Daughter's Biography. Um what one of my I think two of my favorite films of your of your father's and I love them all so much was uh one of them is Leave Her to Heaven.
0: <laughs> That's and a good the one. other
1: is you know, it is. Leave Her to Heaven and um her, his, his kind of woman. and in both Oh, of them, his kind of woman you know, is
3: such a fun one, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yes, it is. And
1: the thing is, only he could do that character because he's taking it like he's the, the, the actor and then he's all of a sudden going to be the hero on this and it's looking like, oh, you're an actor. You're just playing. This is real. This is Raymond Burr in here. And he's going to kill Robert Mitchum. And, and you're thinking, but he does end up saving the day you know but that is such a Jane with us Jane Russell Robert Mitchum Raymond Burr your dad Vincent Price um so many good actors in there I-
2: and there's a fun story with that one, oh. so all of he and Jane Russell and Robert misham were all under contract to Howard Hughes, who owned r k o at the time and by that point, Howard Hughes was kind of a the recluse that we all knew him to be and uh but you know he was running a studio, and uh he you know he was practicing social distancing in the extreme a long time ago,
0: and uh <laughs> so he didn't
2: you know come out and um but he wanted to make sure his money was being spent well, so uh, for some reason he asked my dad to call him at the end of every day of shooting and give him an update of what was happening on the set. And, uh, and so my dad said, which is so interesting, that, you know, he got to know Howard Hughes fairly well, but he never met him face to face, which is such an interesting thing. So.
3: Wow. <laughs> a story. And Howard Hughes no. had
2: the whole ending of that film rewritten so that my dad could have that one great scene at the end because he loved my dad's character too.
3: Wow! Oh, good. That's, he, that's
2: impressive. It? Have you
3: seen that movie? Have you seen it, Marilyn? No, I have. I have to see it. I have to see it now. But I, I love stories oh, like that behind the scenes, and you know, it just goes to show how. You know, people, they had, they did have, if they liked you, they had your back, you know? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, my dad, you yeah. know, I learned living love from my dad. He was one, he was just this incredibly joy-filled, giving, kind, um, he lived love every single day and he, his heart-centered practice was being alive. Was he perfect? No, but you know, he was, he moved through the world in a pretty, pretty
1: amazing wow. way. That's wonderful. That's wow, that is that is magnificent. Well, I'm glad you, you had three parents that uh, to learn from. <laughs> <laughs> so, a joy to have you here. By the way, let me stop and say, thank you yourself, so much for having link, me on the show. It's a delight. We're not letting you go anywhere yet. Uh, tomorrow night, I've got poet Julie E. Blamire and crime writer Matt Coyle, and Thursday night, we've got. Uh, Don Most, singer, actor, director, but you probably know him best as Donnie Most, Ralph Mouth from Happy Days, but he's been busy since then. And by the way, you didn't you and your father act together in um, Edward Scissorhands?
2: We we didn't act together, but yes, I had a small part in Edward Scissorhands. Blinken, you'll miss me.
0: <laughs>
1: no, that's my work down here in Atlanta, except for where, unless it's one of those court shows where they catch me falling asleep. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Uh, Living Love, 12 Heart Center Practices to Transform Your Life. This is the book to get, and get it now, everybody. Um, Marilyn, you know I don't tell people things I don't believe in. and uh I know. A great book. I know. I, I just feel, great show. I just feel better thank you I, I feel better just looking at your website just uh, talking to you listening to you I thank just you I think this is going to be a book that's going to stand the test of time and we all need it it's going to be very powerful for all of us um, Victoria Plyce please come back Thank you so much. Thank you.
2: I would love to, and thanks for having me on the show, and, and thanks for reading the book and understanding the message. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, take care out Good. there, everybody.
1: All right. Oh, and Vincent Levy-Bride just from Brooklyn just sent me in a big thumbs up. Yes, love her. Thank you, Vincent. You got that in just in time. Thank you so much. Victoria Price, I'll be sharing all the links for her, and she'll be coming back. And... Uh, This is Madam Terry Salon saying I love you. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone.